This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, welcome back into the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host of the podcast as well as the manager of BT Powerhouse. Coming to you here on Monday, August 3rd, uh, here to discuss all the action across the Big Ten on the week over the weekend, primarily the NBA draft decisions for a number of teams. And to help us break it down, we have uh, Sean on from the Iowa 24-7 site. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing well, Thomas. I'm doing well. Um, obviously, a crazy past couple of months um, with everything going on in our world, but seems hopefully to begin a little more normal now. And I think with all the college basketball news that happened in the past week, that made people a little more exciting, gave some people some hope. So they're doing, they're doing good. <laughs> well, good. Well, happy to, happy to hear it. Um, like I said, happy to have you on. Um, if you want to just take a second to remind our, our listeners who you are, who you write for and where people can check you out, um, it'd be appreciated. Yeah. So I work over at 24 seven sports covering Iowa. Um, I do some team stuff, but my main beat has been basketball and football recruiting. I've done that for like the past, it's been two, two and a half years, three years almost. I'm not exactly sure. It's one of those. So, um, yeah, so I've been doing that for a while. And, um, you can find me on Twitter at SBOC247, um, for a lot of recruiting stuff. That's kind of my main deal. And with football, um, picking up and now basketball, obviously picking up too, I've been, pretty busy the past couple of weeks so it's been it's been good (laughs) sure sure so um thanks again for that uh everybody i recommend checking out sean a lot of great stuff there particularly if you're interested in iowa hoops or iowa football um but let's jump right into it here big big weekend for the big 10 um i think there were five total nba draft announcements for the conference um you have uh copeburn and desumu who announced they're returning to Illinois. You have Aaron Henry announced he is returning to Michigan State. Xavier Tillman announced he's leaving Michigan State. And then, of course, the big one, Luca Garza for Iowa, who announced he's coming back. He's going to play his senior season in Iowa City after winning Big Ten Player of the Year honors last year. A lot of people thought he should have been National Player of the Year, had some NBA attention, but decided to come back. So, uh, Sean, uh what are your first reactions to Luca's announcement? And I guess just a, a crazy weekend for the Big Ten. Yes. So obviously with everything that's happened in the past few months, um, Luca Garza's situation got pretty, pretty complex. I mean, I think a lot of people were speculating once the season ended that he'd be back for a senior season. Like there'd really be no doubt. Um, and then COVID hit and that kind of changed things a little bit. But I honestly always felt that probably going to come back. There was one point during the draft where, or during the draft process where things got a little interesting. I think there were a couple teams that were really, really serious about him. And he was kind of thinking, man, like, if there's no season next year, like, I'm going to be in, I might be in big trouble because I'm a year older. Um, I have no senior film or senior tape. Like, no one's been able to watch me against top competition. 
Um, so there was definitely some thought from his camp that, hey, maybe we might have to go to the NBA draft or maybe we might have to consider this more than we really did. I mean, obviously after the season he had, he was heavily considering the draft and Luca being the confident guy he is was pretty sure that he'd be able to get a spot on the NBA team somewhere. Um, but at the end of the day, I think there were too many things going in to Luca's decision that ultimately made him want to come back to Iowa. I think the six or the, the potential success that they could have next year played a huge factor with him. Um, there are a lot of things from that perspective, like that he just felt that, Hey, like we have a chance to be really, really good next year. And he's one of those kids too, that is really, really loyal to Iowa and just to his teammates in general. And they've been talking about that for some time now. And, I think that played a big role, and too, I think he's really betting on having having that senior season. I think um, if that's the case, then he can improve his position even more. But then again, you have to look at it this way, too. Imagine if there was an NCAA tournament. I think if Iowa made a run, Garza would have been a big key in that. And I think if you're looking at it that way, that maybe there's a chance that Garza does go to the NBA. But I guess with everything that happened on, um, everything that's happened, just – all the factors that he really felt the best need is to come back to school for another year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. It was certainly one of the trickier decisions and, you know, to be frank, uh, I I was a little critical, I guess, of the decision-making process to me. I thought it was a, if I'm Garza, I think it's pretty straightforward that this is a year where the risk of returning is just so much greater than the missed reward, because really, if you're if you're a guy who thinks you can get drafted um, and really thinks you can even get a shot to make an NBA roster, uh, there's cash on the table there. It's available. So uh, the only reason you should come back other than personal reasons, which I think you've highlighted, you know, the idea I can be the big man on campus. I can lead Iowa to the promised land, so to speak. Um, Other than those type of reasons, um, it's really to it. The only logical reason to come back from a financial perspective is if you can improve your stock and make more money <laughs> that way. Cause I mean, if you're a lottery pick, something like that, obviously it makes sense. Hey, uh, you come back, you raise your profile, uh, get drafted much higher. Um, it works out financially, but otherwise to me, I, I think going pro earlier generally works out better than uh, sort of the comeback, wait a year, wait two years. So I was, I was kind of critical of this cause I thought this was a year where, uh, as you pointed out, we may not have a season and I don't like to bring it up. <laughs> I don't like to discuss yeah. it on the podcast because it's depressing, to be honest, and nobody really wants mm-hmm. to hear about it. But I mean, we may not have a season. If we do have a season, it may be really shortened. Um, I mean, there may be an NCAA tournament that has fewer teams because they just can't safely do it for 68 or 64. They might have to reduce it and do 16. I don't know. Um I think everything's on the table at this point. So to me, um, there's a lot of risk in coming back for the chance of, you know, maybe you sit in a dorm room for, for eight months uh, and don't play. So how how do you think that factored in? Was this really just like personal reasons? Or, I mean, uh, I guess, how do you view that and sort of the idea that, you know, he's putting a lot on the line here to come back for something that might not even be there? Yeah, so, I mean, before we even – had the notion that, hey, maybe there won't be a season. I think the mindset going into the NBA draft for Garza and his camp was 95% coming back, five leaving. Wow. But once, like, 
things started really to get interesting with all the COVID um, and the possibility of, hey, maybe there's not going to be a season. I mean, I know Fran McCaffrey said yesterday that he believes that he's a, that there's going to be a season, but obviously not a doctor, not a guy that um, – obviously there's so many things that can change and the situation so fluid, but um, I think really there at one point during the process, I'd say he was as close as 60 – count 60% coming back, 40% leaving, because I think a lot, a couple of NBA teams were willing to take that risk that some of the people give him a knock or give knock him for in terms of his athleticism and his ability to guard and play multiple positions. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with everything that's happened, like all the COVID stuff. I think that had more to do than personal decisions. Um, and you remember too that he had offers to play overseas as well, um, six-figure deals to play overseas. So there were there was a lot of interest from a lot of professional leagues, and I think at the end, or I know at the end of the day, Lucas wants to play in the NBA. Obviously, playing overseas would mean something to him with his lot of his family being from there. But I think the the truth, the one thing he wants to do is the NBA, and I felt, and I think he feels, hey, like maybe the best option for me is to take this risk and potentially um, not play my senior season at Iowa, but I think he has the mind more than obviously has more the mindset of, Hey, I think I'm going to end up coming and we're going to have a season of some sort. So I think, like I said, I think at the end of the day, I think it was a lot more of all this stuff happening that really made him think about it. Um, obviously I think he got more interest from NBA teams that people are uh, really know. So mm-hmm. I think I think there were a lot of there were a lot of interesting factors that made this decision harder than I think people expected it to be. Sure, sure. Uh, okay. Well, I I guess with that, you know, for for better or worse, for Garza and everybody else, he he's made a dis- decision. He's coming back to Iowa. Um, so from that perspective, with all the NBA draft stuff out the window, let's assume there's a season. Let's assume there's a, a full season that we don't have a watered down one or a shortened one. Um, what does Garza coming back mean for Iowa? Oh, it's it's a lot. I my thing is I don't know if I see them as a top five team right now, especially defensively. But I think you look at this situation being like, okay, we saw how productive Garza was last year. I obviously Iowa loses a couple key guys off the bench in Bakari Evelyn and Ryan Greener, but they bring their whole starting lineup back from last year, guys that started most of their games. They bring back Jordan Bohan and they bring back um, Patrick Caffrey and Jack Nungy, all three guys who are coming off those redshirt years that were out when they were out for medical issues. Um, so I did, the roster, it's probably going to be Fran McCaffrey's deepest. I think that's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that because I know the knock on Fran McCaffrey a lot when he has these deeper teams is that he goes too deep into his bench or some people feel that maybe like, Hey, like Fran's not giving his guys enough leeway because he feels like they're constantly substitution. Some of the substitution patterns are, are a little, are a little skeptical from time to time. But I think you have to look at it as like, Hey, like this team's got a lot of talent and with Garza coming back. Um, I think, I don't know if he'll have the season that he had. I don't, think he should have the season that he had considering all those guys that are coming back and just a scoring production that they're going to need from the other guys as well but I think the most important thing about this is with no Kareener next year or this upcoming year no Clemson um, I was pretty thin at the five spot um, behind Garza was Josh Ogundele yeah. or Josh Ogundele 
um, the incoming freshman who just got into the United States like yesterday or the day before because he was over he lives overseas in London. His family lives overseas in London and with the travel ban he hasn't been able to get up to Iowa City for workouts. Um, so they got him back late in the process and I think that just having an inexperienced big like that, I mean you could slide like a nunji and play play um like I don't know, like a Lee's camp at the four or Connor or McCaffrey at the four. <clears throat> um but I think just Garza coming back gives you that that reliable presence inside. And just from a production standpoint, too, just having him back in the middle is huge. Um, obviously, I think Josh is going to be a, a pretty solid contributor um, down the line for Iowa. But you look at Luca Garza, potential national player of the year this upcoming season. Um, Dominic could be last year. That's just a lot. You just feel a lot better about that than you would if you have Josh, who I think is going to be a good player one day, but he's definitely not ready um, to take on that role that Luca did a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy you answered that. <laughs> you kind of answered my next question at the beginning, which is uh, about Iowa's preseason hype. I'm, I'm with you. I think Garza's a huge return, not only because of the player he is. Obviously, he was Big Ten player of the year last year, so he's a pretty skilled uh, contributor. And to get a guy like that back at any time is is really significant, particularly for a team that was in the NCAA tournament last season. Had it been played, they would have made it. And really, I don't know if I would have said they were a national contender last year, but they were a team you could have seen getting hot, getting to the Sweet 16, maybe beyond that. Um, Getting a guy back like that on a team that has some relevance is certainly big. Um, but the question is, is how significant is it going to be? You say, you know, you, you don't quite see them as a top five team. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, th- I think top five might be a little, a little aggressive. Um, but I do, I do still really like this team a lot. Uh, a lot of young guys uh, around here who should be getting better um, with a leader like Garza, who can pull them together, get them through a lot of tough moments. Uh, that's the first reason. Second reason is Bohannon. The return of him, I, I think, is going to be really big. And um, and then the last, I think the Big Ten in a lot of ways is going to be a lot more manageable next season. I think the very, very top of the conference is going to be very strong. But I don't think you're going to have like last year where you have 11, 12 teams that are all in legitimate NCAA tournament contention. I mean, I think people forget the Big Ten had 11 teams in the top 30 on Ken Palm last year. That's ridiculously deep. And what that meant was, you know, you're going to play on Tuesday, Thursday, and maybe Saturday or maybe Sunday, whatever, three games in 10 days. And every single one of those games is going to be super difficult. I mean, last year you had Northwestern and Nebraska. Other than that, it was going to be a tough challenge. And Iowa, you know, they got picked off by Nebraska once. So they don't really have any easy hand me, uh, give me games last year. So I think that's a big reason, too, to feel a little more confident about a team that maybe has a shortcoming on one side of the floor. Um, but spinning off of that, um, Bohannon is also coming back here. Um, he played early in the season, but then sat out uh, towards the latter portion. Um, how significant do you think his return is going to be? And sort of, do you think both of these guys fed into each other? Um, or is this sort of an independent decision for both? Um, what do you mean independent? Or like, what do you mean by well, I mean, I know that I believe there was some Twitter talk where they were joking around with each other, or at least Bohannon. Maybe I'm I'm misremembering here um, about them coming back together. I mean, obviously, I, I think they're both 
going to be a productive pair alongside each other. So I guess uh, if if you can talk about that a little bit as, as far as how you see those two fitting together and what kind of boost that could be for the Hawkeyes. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think, well, I mean, when you have Garza, obviously a guy that can compete down low and compete outside from time to time as well, that helps. But you look at Iowa's roster too, all you really need to do is put Garza inside and then you got – probably I'd say three guys in the starting lineup, maybe four that are consistent, reliable three-point shooters. And um, Joe Wieskamp, CJ Frederick, and now Jordan Bohannon. Last year, I mean, McCaff- Colin McCaffrey can shoot three as well, but I think you'd rather have those three guys um, who are considered like two or three of the top shooters in the Big Ten. Um, and you put a guy like Bohannon in there too now and – that that just changes the whole thing. I mean, you got four, you got three, well, you got three guys, and then you got Connor, who's an improving shooter, um, and you have Luca down low dominating. So that helps a lot in that regard. And I think with Bohannon coming back too, I've I've been going back and forth on this because I think Bohannon obviously adds a lot to this team. And I know a lot of people have knocked him too for his defense, but I think last year we really saw what he could do when he was not necessarily scoring, um, because I mean he played the first ten or. 12 games or however many it was with that mm-hmm. hip um, that he ended up getting surgery on at, at a couple weeks into the season or after he went out. So I think what we saw a lot of him last year, I mean, he's always been a guy that's been known for his grit, always just a tough player. But I think from a creating standpoint, um, we saw what he could really do. He was pretty effective in the pick and roll game. Um, a guy that was able to find his teammates well, obviously didn't shoot the way that he could. But he showed you a lot of promise in those other areas of the game where I felt like with this team coming back, I think he's going to be able to do that a lot more. And I think he's able if he's able to do that a lot more, once teams kind of see that he can create the way that he can, I think that's going to draw more attention on those other guys, and that's going to lead him to have more shots in the along the three-point line. Or he's a good guy that's got long range, too. So that would be a big boost um, with just that mix of playmaking ability and ability to score but I mean as far as as far as his role this year I think it could be a little different I think it'll be more towards like the role that he had last year at the beginning of the year um which being a playmaker as opposed to the year before where you were kind of a guy that like hey like we need a shot like we're going to get you the ball now Iowa's got guys like Wieskamp and Frederick and Garza that have proven that they can take big shots and make big plays um so I think Jordan role is going to be a little different, but I think he's going to, he's going to be able to accept that. And I think that only benefit the team more because I feel like just the way Fran McCaffrey's offense runs, you got guys free flowing in the fast break. And I think with that many scores going in transition, that's going to be, that's going to be really tough for teams to defend. Yeah. I mean, Iowa's offense is going to be just really explosive this year. I mean, it could be one of those, uh, I don't. I don't necessarily want to say all-time great because uh, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here. But they were fifth last year in offensive efficiency per Ken Palm, and to bring back those guys, especially. I mean, you talked about Wieskamp. I don't think he's even close to his his full potential yet, and he was a really solid player last year. You got uh, McCaffrey as well coming back. Um, Bohannon, uh, a healthy Bohannon, could be a huge, huge boost. I mean, I think people forget he was so productive from long range and facilitating offensively. So this could be a really, really good offense. Would not be surprised at all if Iowa finishes the year number one overall. 
um, whatever a year may look like this season. Um, so it, it should be exciting. Um, but uh, before I, I do let you go, and again, I appreciate you coming on and chatting with us about Garza. Um, any thoughts on the the other Big Ten uh, NBA decisions this weekend or the conference in general? Anything on that front? Um, as far as decisions go? Sure, sure. Yeah, for Illinois, for Michigan State, et cetera. Um, well, I mean, I'm excited to see Illinois uh, be – I mean, I don't know if they'll be like a national title. I'm still kind of opti- or pessimistic on Iowa and Illinois as far as national title goes, but I think it's good for the Big Ten overall just to see all this talent coming back. And being an Illinois kid, too, growing up in the Chicago suburbs, obviously being around Illinois basketball, I mean, that's pretty cool to see that um, that much excitement around the program. And I'm excited to see a lot of those those Illinois-Iowa games that seem to have really been one of the bigger rivalries in the Big Ten over the past year. So obviously last year, too, with all the higher yeah. aggressive battles that they had. And um, no, but I mean, it's, it's going to be really, really fun um, this year. I really hope we have a season. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot there that is going to make people excited. And I think this could be the year potentially that like, Hey, like maybe the big 10 ends that ends that national, that national title drought. I hope, I hope that's the case, but it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens. We, uh, I think the rule is nobody's allowed to say that on here because I kept saying that last season uh, when the Big Ten was really rolling, and then we had no NCAA tournament. So uh, yeah. everybody's banned from saying that now. But no, I, I agree with you. I mean, last year the reason I thought that there was a real chance is, you know, there was no top end dominant team. I know some people have said Kansas was this unbeatable force. I didn't buy that. I mean, Kansas was really good. Um, they probably deserve to be the number one overall seed coming into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, considering we didn't have any conference tournaments played last year, but I thought they were really good, but they were not a team that I thought, wow, nobody's going to be able to beat them. And there were just so many Big Ten teams that were so solid where I was like, this is just sheer numbers. You know, you're expecting some of these teams to advance. But yeah, I mean, this year, I think the top end is going to be even stronger than it was last year. I mean, you could see three, maybe four teams in the top 10 when, when all said and done. So should be exciting, uh, particularly Iowa, Illinois. Should be a lot of fun. But, Sean, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome, Thomas. Thanks again for having me. Excellent. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, with uh, the other decisions, I did want to hit on um, a few other things uh, across the Big Ten. We obviously touched on Iowa with Sean there. Um, but I did want to just hit on Illinois and hit on Michigan State as well briefly uh, before we end tonight's podcast. For Illinois, obviously they get two huge, huge returners. Um, I think Illinois would have been pretty solid even if they had not had the two guys come back. They would have been a decent, solid team, um, probably in bubble contention. I mean, we'll see. It's always a <laughs> a, a battle. Um, but now, I mean, you're talking about uh, potential top 10 team. Some people have them maybe even higher than that, maybe talking about top five. So it should be really exciting and the thing is is the roster is really balanced this year uh which is it's been a while uh, for illinois brad underwood's done a really good with job with that roster you know and this year they're they're bringing in a nice recruiting class they got two four stars they got miller and then they got andre grubello um they're also bringing in a couple transfers 
as well. Both of them are sitting a year. I'm not sure if either is applied for a waiver, but both currently set to sit out a year. But, I mean, you have uh, AO in the backcourt, Williams, uh, Frazier. That's a really, really good group of guys just to start off uh, the discussion with. Um, and then, I mean, you're going to add in the fact that uh, you're going to have a uh, – Cookburn up front, you're going to have Georgie. That's a really good combo, uh, really diverse. They're going to have to figure out how to play them again together, but even if you use them as sort of a relief system, uh, that'll be a really, really nice boost uh, for everyone there. Um, and then on top of it, I mean, you just have the growing experience. You know, you're bringing back guys who know how to play at a top-end level now. Uh, Cookburn, freshman last year, you would expect him to take a sizable step forward. So, a lot to like there for Illinois. Should be a contender for the Big Ten title this season. Same with Michigan State. They get back Aaron Henry. Um, they're going to have a pretty deep, balanced lineup. Um, Joey Hauser, the freshman – or not the freshman, the transfer, should be managing things up front uh, for Michigan State, as well as uh, you're going to have Bingham back. Uh, Kithier, those are both nice, solid pieces. I don't love either of those players right now, but both have some potential to grow. Uh, Hall, who had a couple really nice games uh, last year for Michigan State, you would think that he can build on his game there. But uh, Henry, Rocket Watts back in the backcourt, that's going to be a nice group to start out with. Michigan State's another team that you figure would factor into the Big Ten race. Don't quite have the talent they did last year, losing Winston and Tillman to the NBA, um, but there is still a lot to work with. So big weekend for the Big Ten, as I mentioned a couple times in the podcast i'm not necessarily on board the position that the big 10 is going to be better next year than it was this year because it was just so deep last year but i do think the top is going to be better uh you got a handful of teams that should be really really good wisconsin should be really good again michigan state should be good illinois should be good iowa should be good um and then you have another couple teams that could trend up significantly as well purdue could be good michigan has some question marks, but they're a team. If if a couple guys hit, they could be pretty good. Um, and then Ohio State as well. We'll see what comes out of Columbus. Uh, that team's had few transitional developments this season, but there's a lot to like there. Um, it's just the rest of the league. I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So should be fun. Um, overall, those are the big things I wanted to hit on here today. I will note I am expecting a Finally, an update for our off-season power rankings. I really haven't been updating it because we've been waiting so long on these NBA decisions. It's been hard to. Um, so much has been in flux for the rosters and everything else. So I will likely post an updated version of that in the next week or so. So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, thank you all for following. We appreciate it. Um, in these uncertain times, wishing everybody the best. Uh, hopefully, things progress in a... Uh, solid manner here over the coming weeks, a couple of months, and we don't have to worry about college basketball. <laughs> but otherwise, thank you all. We appreciate it. Uh, again, my name's Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. We'll see you all next time.